When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Two-Footed Podcast is brought to you by EPLindex.com and our presenting sponsor, Liberty Shield. Liberty Shield is a VPN provider. A virtual privacy network allows you to go online, change your location, access things you're geo-blocked from while keeping your data safe. So as an example, if you are a UK expat and want access to BBC iPlayer to watch Match of the Day or ITV Hub or all four, but you get that message that says this content is not available in your location, a Liberty Shield VPN gets you around that block, allows you to watch whatever you want on those services while also keeping your data safe. And it goes further than that. It allows you to open up Netflix's entire library by just changing your IP address. Liberty Shield is the number one rated VPN provider on Trustpilot with five-star ratings across the board. So go to libertyshield.com right now, use the code EPL25 and get either the hardware package or the software package. The hardware package is a router that you plug into your existing router and any item you want to change the IP address on, be it your phone or your television, you connect that to the new Liberty Shield router. All other items can remain connected to your existing router. There's also a software package, which is instantly downloadable to your device and you can get using straight away. Again, libertyshield.com, EPL25 for 25% off at checkout. We're also brought to you by Home of Hopcroft, a giftware and homeware company located in Scotland, but shipping worldwide. Check out homeofhopcroft.co.uk and do check out the EPL Index and Anfield Index shops, which you'll find on Etsy, Use the codes EPL10 or RED10 for 10% off at checkout. And lastly, do remember to check out A Tad Predictable, hosted by Tadiwa. That podcast is on this feed before every Premier League match week. And then the EPL Roundtable, hosted by Kevin DeVries, on its own EPL Roundtable feed. So just search EPL Roundtable in your podcast device. And that's out after every match week. Now, on with the show. What's good, boys and girls? Two-footed podcast. Today is Monday. It is November 20th. Hope you're all well and had a pleasant weekend. It is blustery but bright out. So there's your weather update for today from the back of beyond. Uh, Today, we have no Premier League games to discuss. So what we're going to do is we're going to do a bit of a state of the union. We're going to look quickly at all 20 teams. Best result, worst result, best player, most disappointing player 
best summer signing, worst summer signing. We might not get through all 20 today. We'll aim for 10. Let's aim for 10 and we can do the other 10 tomorrow. Um, because you know how I get. Right, we're going to start at the top. We're going to work our way down. Manchester City, currently top of the Premier League on 28 points. A little bit of a stop-start season for them. They haven't looked their usual self. Um, If we go best result, there's been a couple that have been very, very impressive. The win over Newcastle was very controlled, very dominant. The win over Brighton was a very good result. The win away to Manchester United, 3-0, impressive. But I think their best result and best performance thus far is the 3-1 win away to West Ham because at that point in the season, West Ham were playing very well. They've had a significant dip since, but I would go with that as City's best result. Worst result is easy. It's Wolves away. You could point at the Arsenal game. You could point at the Chelsea game. But at the end of the day, they were missing Rodri in the Arsenal game. So that was a huge blow. I know he missed the Wolves game as well, but Wolves are not on our, are not on the level of an Arsenal. So I would go the Wolves game as their worst result. Uh, best player so far, it's Rodri. It's actually not all that close. The guy is unbelievably good. He is unbelievably good. He's the best in the world in his position by a considerable margin. Most disappointing, I'm going to go Ruben Diaz because in their bad results, the three of them, I just find you see them concede goals and he's lying on the floor for no reason at all. And I just think he is, he came into the league, had that really good first year and hasn't performed to that level consistently since. Last season, he was really good from about Christmas on. This season, I just feel like he's a level or two below where he should be. Now, you could go Jack Grealish in this because he's been quite poor. You could have a look at potentially a Kanji who got a lot of praise last season, hasn't really played well this season. You could go Phil Foden, who's been up and down. But I think I'm going to go with... Ruben Diaz. In terms of best signing, thus far it's Jeremy Doku. It just is. He has been tremendous. Most disappointing signing so far, it's probably Josco Guardiola just because of how much they paid for him. Neither him nor Nunes have really shown what they're capable of yet. I wouldn't say either have been a bad signing. I expect both to go on to be very good signings for City. But for now, I just feel like Vardiol is struggling to get his legs under him a little bit in the Premier League. Uh, Liverpool then, second in the league. 27 points from their 12 games. Eight wins, three draws, one defeat. Best result, 3-0 home to Aston Villa. Best performance by a country mile. But you could look at the 2-1 away to Newcastle, given the circumstances and point to it. Worst result is the 1-1 draw away to Luton. Liverpool were a shambles on the day and were very fortunate to get a draw, even though had they taken their chances, they would have won the game quite comfortably. But it's funny how football is. We see a result and we tend to react to the result. If Liverpool played that way against Luton, 
nine more times, they probably win seven of them. Maybe eight. Because Nunes missed two big chance, chances. Salah missed two big chances. And they were just very wasteful. And had they won that game three or four one, people would have just said, oh, you know, good away win. Simple as that. But the performance would have been the same. But the result is what we're looking at here. And that's a really bad result for Liverpool. Best player? There's four that stand out. Van Dijk, Alisson, Salah and Zabozlai. I would go Van Dijk as their player of the season so far, though very strong cases for the others. And I would especially take a strong case for Alisson. Given Van Dijk missed a couple of games at the suspension and was sent off, obviously, against Newcastle, but I'd still go Van Dijk because I just feel like he is back to that level he was at the year they won the title, the year they came close to winning the quadruple. Not the 18-19 level, which, as I said before, it's the best level I've ever seen a centre-back reach. But the season after when they won the league and the season after the ACL tear, he was the best in the world. He's back at that level, a little bit higher than 19, 20, than 21-22, a little bit lower than 19-20. But right in that sweet spot, he's again the best centre-back in the world. So I'll go him. Most disappointing player, Cody Gakbo. Cody Gakbo has been a disappointment so far this season. Not all his fault because he's not getting used in the best of ways, but he's not imprinting on games well enough. He's not laying down a marker for a starting spot in the team. So for that reason, he's my most disappointing. Uh, signing, best signing is, elect, is sorry, is Dominic Zabozlai by a million miles. Most disappointing is probably Alexis McAllister, but it's not his fault in any way, shape, or form. Endo, nobody had real expectations for. He's the worst of the four signings. It's not even close. Gravenberg has been very hit and miss, but that's what was expected by those that had actually watched him play. Alexis is is underperforming because he's been used badly. And it's not his fault. It's Klopp's fault. It's, it's Pepin Linder's fault. But he ha- he has underperformed. He has underperformed. There's no way around that. I still have great faith in him becoming a really good, really important player for Liverpool for the long haul. Uh, moving on to Arsenal, third place, 27 points from 12 games, eight wins, three draws, one defeat. Best result is the 1-0 win over City just because it's the first time they've beaten City in a a real game. Worst result, I think the 2-2 draw with Fulham. I think it's a worse result than losing to Newcastle. So I'll go with the 2-2 draw to Fulham, especially the manner of it, how they gave up that late goal, having got themselves ahead from an early deficit. So we'll go with that one. Um, Best signing so far, It's got to be Declan Rice. Now, he's still a monstrous overpay, but he has played well. Whereas Kai Havertz, for example, has not played well at all. And Julian Timber got injured. So it has to be Rice by default. Uh, Most disappointing one is absolutely Kai Havertz, who has not been good. Uh, Sorry, I forgot to do best player. Um, Best player so far this season? 
I'd probably lean Bakayo Saka. Nobody has really shone in this Arsenal team this season. Nobody is really performing at, you know, an unimpeachable level. I do think Leandro Trossard's been very, very good for them and he scored important goals, but I'd go Saka uh, ahead of Rice. Most disappointing player this season. I mean, take your pick. There's been a few. It's got to be Aaron Ramsdale, though, doesn't it? Like last season, he was laughably picked in the team of the season uh, ahead of the vastly superior Alison Becker, who had the best season of his incredible career. And somehow Ramsdale gets the pick. And a few weeks into this season, he's no longer their first choice. So Aaron Ramsdale, most disappointing so far. Um, Moving on to Tottenham. Great start for them. Fourth in the league, 26 points from 12 games, eight wins, two draws, two defeats. They couldn't have asked for a better start, really. Now, the injuries in recent weeks are, are, are hurting them, but overall, great start to the season. Um, best result is the 2-1 win over Liverpool. Now, obviously, there was circumstances around that, but Spurs were still good, and Spurs still won the game. So that's their best result, worst result. Again, like with City, it's a 2-1 defeat. Away to Wolves. Now, with Spurs, they have some excuses to make there. They were missing both starting centre-backs and James Madison. But at the same time, Spurs should be going and beating Wolves. And considering they were 1-0 up on 90 minutes, they really should have won that game. So Tottenham's worst result there is that Wolves defeat. Best player? James Madison. Just ahead of Yves Basuma. I think Madison's been brilliant. The injury's a huge blow. Hopefully he's not out for too long because you want to see the best players play and he's one of the best players in the Premier League. So hopefully he's back soon. Most disappointing player. I mean, of the starting 11, there's nobody bar Richarlison. And it's it's harsh because I, I know he's dealing with some stuff and he's obviously just gotten injured again. But I think it has to be Richarlison. Um, transfers. Uh, best signing. I've given Madison best player, so I'm going to go Mickey Van de Ven as best signing, even though they were signed in the same window. Um, I, I think Mickey Van de Ven's been... I think he's been incredible. I really do. I think he's been incredible for them. Um, most disappointing signing, Manor Solomon, uh, just because he's a dreadful gang of lads. He's also out injured for the foreseeable. So um, that, that's, that in part is a disappointment. Um, Aston Villa then. Um, they're having an unbelievably good start to the season. Fifth place, 25 points from 12 games. Eight wins, one draw, three defeats. We've got... Five teams separated by three points after 12 games. That's very, very strong. At the top, there is a significant drop-off after these five, but I've been very impressed by Aston Villa this season. Best result, the 6-1 over Brighton. Brighton are a very good team, and Villa just tore them asunder. Ruthlessly tore them asunder. And didn't just ease up when they were 4-1 up, kept going and ended up getting two goals in the last 10 minutes. 
So best result is that one. Worst result. They lost 5-1 away to Newcastle and the scoreline is hugely disappointing, but losing away to Newcastle is not necessarily a bad result. I think the loss to Villa, to Villa, to Forest is the bad result. Losing at St. James's, losing at Anfield, drawing a Midlands derby, I wouldn't count them as bad results, even though the scoreline makes them look bad. But losing away to a Forest team that you are considerably better than, that for me is the, is the bad result for the season. Um, best player, there's definitely a few options here. I would say Douglas Louise has been outstanding. I think I'd go Douglas Louise. I think he's been genuinely outstanding for them in the Premier League this season. Five goals for midfield. I know a couple of penalties, but five goals for midfield, controlling games. Him and Kamara have a wonderful partnership in midfield. That is among the best pairings in the Premier League. So I would go with that as my, uh, with, with Douglas Louise as my uh, best Villa player. Most disappointing. It's only because he's been injured. It's not to do with his performances. He hasn't started a game in the league yet. It's Jacob Ramsey. Now that's a very positive sign for Villa because I look at their squad. I don't see anybody who's not performing at a decent level, who's getting regular minutes. Up and down that squad, everybody who's playing any sort of regular minutes is performing at a strong level. So Ramsey is the one I would look at and say, they'll be disappointed with what he's, with how his season has gone with the injuries. Now, you could look at Leon Bailey and say maybe him, but I still think he's had a couple of really vital inputs for them. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go with Ramsey. But again, it's purely on the basis of he hasn't started in the league. That's why it's a disappointment for Villa. Uh best signing is Musa Diaby. He's been excellent and he would be pretty close to Douglas Louise for their best player, in my view. Uh most disappointing thus far. It's probably Yuri Telemans. It's not necessarily his fault. He hasn't, he's only started once in the league. And that midfield pairing is playing so well. That's why Yuri's not getting the opportunities. It's not down to what he's doing when he's on the pitch. Because again, when he's on the pitch, I think he's contributing in a positive way. It's purely down to they signed him. He's a big name player. They gave him a big contract. But the two existing midfielders, I mean, we knew Kamara was was going to be great once he could stay fit, but Douglas Luiz has elevated his game this year. So that's why I would go with Yuri. Uh, Moving on then, 6 through 10. Manchester United are up next. Uh, We have a litany of bad results here. So best results... I mean, the teams they've beaten so far are Wolves, who currently sit 12th. Nottingham Forest, who sit 14th. Burnley, who are bottom. Brentford, who are 11th. Sheffield United, who are 18th. 
Fulham, who are 15th, and Luton, who are 17th. United have not beaten anybody in the top half this season. Based on the league table, their best win is either Brentford or Wolves. Both of those, they were very, very fortunate to win. But Brentford are the highest up team in the league. And they came from behind and won that game. So we're going to go with that one. Worst result. I mean, the 1-0 home defeat to Roy Hodgson's Crystal Palace is screaming at me here. Because losing at home to City isn't bad. Losing away to Arsenal and Spurs isn't bad. I don't think losing to Brighton's a bad result. Though in the context of their season, I mean, these are games that they should be more competitive in. So we'll go with the Crystal Palace 1-0 at home. Um, best player? I mean, can I say Scott McTominay? Um, you look at who's played, I, I think I am going to go with McTominay. They've been dreadful. They genuinely have been dreadful. I mean, Harry Maguire has been one of their better players this year. Harry Maguire has five Premier League appearances this season, two starts. And he's been one of their better players this season. Sorry, wrong. Five starts, two sub-appearances. Five starts, two sub-appearances. He's got seven appearances which is almost half what he made last season. We're only a third of the way in. I'm going to go McTominay, though. I I just think nine appearances, three goals. He's giving them something that they lack, which is goals. Him and Bruno Fernandes being their top scorers really does not read well. Uh, I'm flowing from that into most disappointing player. It's got to be Marcus Rashford. It's got to be Rashford. He's such a talent. One goal this season in the league. One. That's dreadful for a player of his calibre. One goal in all competitions across 16 appearances. That's really, really poor for Marcus Rashford, who, I mean, had that run last season where he was just unstoppable. His only goal this season came in the defeat to Arsenal. Uh, Aside from, like, I mean, since then, for eight league games without a goal, that game took place the 3rd of September um, and he hasn't scored since. And he's played, what, thir- 13 games since then? No, it's very, very disappointing uh, from from Marcus Rashford. Uh, signing of the season so far has got to be Johnny Evans, purely on the basis of the rest of them not being good. Most disappointing signing, I'm going to put Mason Mount in this box here I, I just he's been really poor he's been really really poor there's no way around it there's no other way to look at it Mason Mount has been a poor signing for United so far is there still time to turn it around absolutely is he good enough to turn it around absolutely will he turn it around I have no idea I genuinely have no idea if he will turn this around because this manager to me looks lost and doesn't know how to use the player so that's where we fall there and uh, next up then, Newcastle United. 
So they have, I should have pointed out, United have 21 points from 12 games, seven wins, five defeats. Newcastle, 20 points from 12 games, six wins, two draws, four defeats. Best result, 5-1 at home to Aston Villa. I think that's a more impressive result than the Arsenal win, frankly. Because Arsenal... Arsenal have a habit of going places like that and not performing well. I think the win over Villa and the manner of the win over Villa is what leads me to that being the most impressive result. You could look at the 8-0 away to Sheffield United or again, that result against Arsenal is obviously, it's obviously a good result, but I'll go with that one. Worst result is is losing 2-0 away to Bournemouth. It's not a good Bournemouth team and Toon went there and, and got comprehensively outplayed, uh, to be truthful. Best player? I think Nick Pope has been really good this season. I think Fabian Schaar has been really good this season. Anthony Gordon is playing very well. But I'm going to go Callum Wilson. I think he's been their best player this year. And they've needed him to be because obviously Isak has been injured. So Wilson has stepped up. Now with both of them injured, they need Gordon and others to step up. But I'll go with him. Most disappointing player? I don't really know. (laughs) I mean, Trippier's been solid. Byrne was solid. Shar's been good. Lachelle's has done pretty well since coming in. I'm tempted to go Sven Botman, partly because he's been injured for the last seven games. But also, I didn't feel like at the start of the season he was performing as well as he did last season, where he was the best centre-back in the league. He was really, really ropey in that Liverpool game and was a big part of how Liverpool won the game. I'm going to go with with Sven Bob. Not that he's been bad, but he's been disappointing based on what we were expecting from him based off of last season. Uh, Signings. I think it would be fair to say that none of them have delivered what was expected as yet. But two of them are very young. One of them got injured and the other one's just been suspended. I'm going to say Livermento's been the best of them and Tonali's been the most disappointing and the fact that Tonali is now suspended until next season has to factor into this. Lewis Hull's not had many chances. Barnes obviously got hurt early. I'll go Livermento as best, Tonali as most disappointing. Uh, Moving on to Brighton and Hove Albion. Currently sitting 8, 19 points from 12 games. Reminder that they haven't won a league game since the 24th of September. Now, it is only six games, but still. Uh, Best result. 3-1 home to Newcastle. 3-1 away to United. Newcastle had lost two in a row going into that. United have lost five games this season. I'll go with the United win. I think the United win because of the manner of the way they went there with some injuries and just carved United apart. So I'll go with 
the 3-1 away to United. Worst result, they've lost to West Ham, they've lost to Villa, they've lost to City. I don't know that I'd class any of them as bad results. I'll go with the 1-1 at home to Sheffield United. 1-0 up at home, cruising. Dehoud gets sent off, they collapse, they end up drawing 1-1. I'll go with that as worst results so far. Um, best player... Matoma hasn't quite hit the heights of last season, but he's been very good. Jao Pedro, I think, has been excellent. Evan Ferguson's been really good. But I think I'm going to go with Pascal Gross, who's just that consistent 7 or 8 out of 10 every single week. He's that reliable engine, that hub of that team. So I'll go with him. Worst player is James Milner. He has been an abomination this season. And I have no idea why this manager continues to play him. He has been dreadful. And he's had to be hauled off in pretty much every appearance so far because he's been roasted routinely. And what Jeremy Doku did to him was criminal and if Milner had any self-respect he'd go and have a little word with himself and he'd retire because it's over for James Milner and it's been over for a few years at this point he's embarrassing himself and he's a he's a liability for that team uh moving on best signing haven't seen enough of Belieber yet but early signs very promising same with Verbruggen Jao Pedro for me, has been the best signing. I think he's been really good. I love how he fits in this group. He can play as a nine with Fatty or Enciso behind him when Enciso comes back. He can play as the 10 behind Ferguson. He shows the ability to play wide if needed as well. He's been the best. The worst has been Milner, but he was a free, so we'll pass on that. Igor Julio just hasn't really impressed as yet. Just hasn't hasn't shown what he's capable of, and there's just moments where he just looks very, very ropey. Moving on, West Ham United, ninth in the league. They have seventeen points from their twelve games. Uh, for best results, I think the three-one at home to Chelsea is certainly one that stands out. But the 3-1 away to Brighton and the manner of which they won that game was excellent. So we'll go with that one. Worst result, it's the 1-0 home defeat to Everton. Losing to City, Liverpool or Villa is not a bad result. Drawing with Newcastle, certainly not a bad result at home. Not a bad result at all. Drawing away to Bournemouth on the opening day, not a bad result to draw away with a team who we haven't yet found out about, but losing at home to Everton, who are not a good team, was very, very disappointing. Um, best player so far? I think it's a toss-up between Lucas Paqueta and Jared Bowen. Bowen's got 12 goals so far in the... Sorry, eight goals so far in 12 games, nine in all competitions, which is a really good bounce back. 
after a very disappointing Premier League campaign last year. I know he did well in Europe last year, but in the Premier League, and he scored six goals. Um, his career best in the Premier League, by the way, is 12, which he did in 36 games. So he's well on course to obliterate that. Uh, right now, he's on course to score about 25 goals in this campaign. I don't think he'll get close to that, but I do, do think he can he can threaten 20. Um, Piquetta has been everything they could ever want him to be. And given the fact that he came quite close to leaving in the summer and was probably a little bit disappointed that he didn't get to leave, I think it's admirable that he's put in this level of performance. But I'll go with Bowen. Uh, just the goals are so impressive. Um, and the fact that he's playing right wing and up front when they need him to, I, I like him in that up front role. I really do. I think him in the nine with Kudu's right, Piquetta 10, Benrama left. <clears throat> I, I'd like to see more of Fornals left in that, but then I wonder if there's enough pace. He's only got Kudu's that has real real speed in that three. Fornals a bit more of, of a slower pace player. Um, best signing? I think Edson Alvarez has been fantastic for them. Ward Price has had a good start, but set pieces are once again carrying the load for him. Um most disappointing signing. I think it's it's Mavroponos, but I don't think he's been bad. I just think the other three have been better. So we'll go with Mavroponos. Uh on to Chelsea then. Um what a what a unique season they're having. Um best result They beat Luton, they beat Fulham, they beat Burnley, they beat Spurs. It's got to be the Spurs win. 4-1 against Spurs, that's got to be it. The draw with City, obviously, is a good result, but it was a mess of a game. People saying that's the Premier League at its best. Jesus Lord wept. The win away to Spurs is the win. Uh, Massively helped, obviously, by the red cards. I don't think they win that game at all. If that game stays 11 v 11, I think they get beaten pretty comfortably overall. Uh, But the game played out the way it played out and they won 4-1, so we'll go with that. Worst result is the 1-0 home defeat by Nottingham Forest. If Nottingham Forest beat you at home, you should should hang your head in shame. They're not a good away team. They went there and tranced them. Um, They beat them 1-0, but they outplayed them was was more what I meant to say. Uh, Best signing... Um, uh, Nicholas Jackson he hasn't been great but I mean you look through them and Konku hasn't played yet Moreira's gone on loan Gabriel's gone on loan Ugachuku's barely played De Sassi's been very much a mixed bag Sanchez has been a mixed bag Caicedo hasn't performed to the level he's capable of except for the game he saw Declan Rice in and just decided to go dog walk him Lavia hasn't really played. Uh, David Washington. I, I, has he played? I don't think. I, I know he got some minutes in one of the games. Uh, he's played once. Came on in the Brentford defeat. Uh, so can't be him. Dorde Petrovic, he, he hasn't played in the league yet. Um, hasn't played in any competition yet. And Cole Palmer. It's probably Cole Palmer. He's probably the one that has performed consistently. So we'll go with Cole Palmer. Most disappointing. Take your pick. 
and Kunku not playing yet is obviously disappointing. But of those who have, I'll go. I'll go Moises because we know how good he can be, and he absolutely dominated against Arsenal in that midfield battle. But overall, he's been well below the level that he's capable of. So we'll go with Moises. Um, best player overall. Conor Gallagher, probably. It's a low bar. Raheem Sterling. Do you know what? It's not. It's Raheem Sterling. It's Raheem Sterling. He has been genuinely good this season. He has stepped up and carried a lot of the attacking burden. Four four goals in the league, multiple assists, match-winning performances. We'll go with Raheem. Worst player? I mean, Mark Cucurella would take a hell of a lot to beat so far this season. He's been desperate. We'll go we'll go with Cucurella. Um I'll keep going. We'll just keep going. We'll get these done today. That means tomorrow we can focus properly on the you know, power rankings and whatever else we have to discuss. So uh up next is Brentford, 16 points from 12 games. Uh, four wins, four draws, four defeats. The exact same as Chelsea. The only difference is Chelsea have a better goal difference. They've scored a couple more goals and conceded one less. But yeah, Brentford are in 11th. Uh, best result? The win over West Ham or the win over Chelsea? I would say the win over West Ham. West Ham are just better than Chelsea so far this season. And the manner of it as well, coming from behind to get the win, we'll go with that. Worst result is the home defeat by Everton. Losing 3-1 at home to Everton. Unforgivable. Unforgivable stuff. Dreadful, dreadful stuff. Uh, Best player, Matthias Jensen, has been fantastic. Christian Norgaard has been good. And then Bomo has been very good. But I think I'll go with Jensen as the best player thus far. Most disappointing. <sighs> He's injured again, but Mikkel Damsgaard. It's got to be Mikkel Damsgaard. He just hasn't been good. Just hasn't been good. Uh, best signing. I think Nathan Collins has been outstanding for them. Mark Flecken's been very, very good as well. But I'm going to lean with Nathan Collins and just be Irish and biased. Uh, most disappointing signing. I mean, he was brought in in January, but it kind of has to be Kevin Shade. Kind of has to be five goals, no, no, five games, no goals, injured, out for a while. He's got to be the most disappointing of them. They're not, not bad, just disappointing. Uh, on to Wolves, currently sitting 12th with 15 points, four wins, three draws, five defeats. Best win is the three one home sorry two one home defeat over Manchester City. That's the best result they've had this season. Though obviously beating Spurs obviously very good as well. Worst result is the two one home uh, sorry two one away defeat to Sheffield United. That's just a flat out bad result. Sheffield United are not good, and Wolves should have gone there and gotten something. And having scored a late goal to equalise, you would have hoped they would have gotten that draw 
Um, best player, there's no question here, even though a couple of others have been really good, but Pedro Neto's been their best player this season. And he's been one of the best players in the league this season. So we'll go with him. Most disappointing player? I mean, there hasn't really been anyone who's stood out as not performing when given opportunities. And maybe Fabio Silva, he's just still very, very meh. He does a lot of stuff. He doesn't do some of it well. He does other stuff pretty well. I'll just go Fabio Silva. Uh, most impressive signing. I mean, Matthias Cunha's deal was made permanent this summer. Bubakar, Kamar, Bubakar Traore's deal was made permanent this summer. Both have been very good, but Cunha's obviously been, been the better of the two. So we'll go with him. Most disappointing. I'm just going to go Bellegarde because he got sent off and missed a bunch of games. Um, but he hasn't done anything bad yet. It's just a little bit disappointing that he got that red card. Uh, Santiago Bueno and Enzo Gonzalez, they haven't played yet. I'm really looking forward to watching both of them play because especially Gonzalez, I think, has an incredible amount of talent. Bueno, I have a feeling he's going to be very good for them. I don't know why. I just have a feeling he's going to be really good for them once he's up to speed and fit and ready to play. Uh, moving on then, Crystal Palace. Best results going to Old Trafford and winning 1-0. That's their best result so far. They sit 13th with 15 points. Same strain of results as uh, Wolves. Four wins, three draws, five defeats. That win over United... That's their best win. Worst result, again, it's Everton losing 3-2 at home to Everton. And again, it's the manner of it, you know. Go behind, come back. Go behind, come back. And then throw it away late on due to tired legs and laziness. That's a really poor one. Um, Best player? I say he's missed a bunch of games, but it's probably still Eze. He's he's close to unstoppable now when he's in and around the penalty area. The only way to stop him is really to pull him down. Otherwise, he's getting a shot away or creating something. Joachim Anderson's been, been really good as well, and so has Mark Wehi. So you could take any of them, but I'll go with Eze. Uh, worst player... I mean, feels like I'm picking on him because I always say him, but Joel Ward, he just he's just not Premier League caliber. He's just not Premier League caliber. That's just the be all and the end all of it. Uh, best signing, Jefferson Lerma. We haven't seen Frankie yet in, in any real uh, spat of minutes. And Dean Henderson got injured on his debut uh, 19 or 20 minutes in. So Jefferson Lerma's been good. It's Jefferson Lerma. And most disappointing is Dean Henderson because he got injured on his debut. Uh, moving on then to Nottingham Forest. Best result is going to be that away win at Chelsea. Um, they currently sit 14th with 13 points, three wins, four draws, five defeats. Uh, that win over, win over Chelsea is their best. Their worst, lost to Arsenal, lost to United, lost to City, lost to Liverpool, lost to West Ham. Did we expect them to win any of them? 
They're unbeaten at home, which is really impressive. You could, to be fair, the 2-0 win over Villa is probably a better result than the 1-0 over Chelsea. But they're so bad away from home that I'm, I'm still tempted to go with the Chelsea one. Worst result, we'll go the 1-1 at home to Burnley just because they're the type of game... Actually, no, you know what? It's the 2-2 at Luton, isn't it? It's the 2-2 at Luton. They were 2-0 up and cruising. It's that game. They came from behind to get a result against Burnley, so we'll we'll give them some credit there. The 2-2 at Luton is, is dreadful. Um, best player? Morgan Gibbs-White. I don't think there's any competition, really. I think he's been excellent. Worst player? Joe Worrell's been a problem for them this year. So I'll go with Joe Worrell. And I like Joe Worrell, so it's, it, it pains me to say that. Uh, best signing? Ibrahim Sanger has been everything they could have hoped for. But Murillo is the one. He has been tremendously good. We're going to go with him. Most disappointing signing thus far? Probably Callum Hudson-Odoi. But again, it's it's not it's not that he's been bad. It's just maybe it's me. Maybe I was expecting more. You could say Omobama Delhi because he's not played. So maybe the fact that he hasn't played yet, you go him. But I was hoping Hudson Adoy would have a real fire under his arse this year. Now he has had some injuries, but still, I'd like to see a little bit more. I'd like to see a little bit more from him. Uh, on to Fulham then. Uh, best result. I think the, the draw at Arsenal. I mean, they've won three, drawn three, and lost six. Their wins are over Everton, Luton, and Sheffield United. You could say the 1 0 win away to Everton, but I think the draw away to Arsenal is a better result. Uh, they've also drawn away to Palace and away to Brighton. But I think the Arsenal one is is the better result. Uh, worst result. Lost to Brentford. Mm. Lost to City is not a bad result. The manner of it is, but the result itself is, does, doesn't matter. Uh, lost to Chelsea. Lost to Spurs. Lost at home to United. Lost to Fulham. Lost to Villa, rather. Um, the Brentford result is probably the worst result. 3-0 at home to Brentford, it's not great, is it? It's not great at all. They were very unfortunate to lose that United game. The rest, they're just beaten by better teams. Um, I'll say that Brentford one is their, is their worst result then. Uh, on to the bottom five. We'll start with Bournemouth sitting 16th with nine points. Um, two wins, three draws and seven defeats. Best result is the 2-0 win over Newcastle. Uh, worst result. I feel like the defeat at home to Wolves is probably the one. You could say the result of the, the 3-0 away to Everton, but it's an away game. The manner of it was very disappointing. They were dreadful on the day. But you look at the other results. Draw West Ham, it's a decent result. Losing to Liverpool, losing to Spurs, they're not bad results. Drawing away to Brentford's a decent result. Drawing at home with Chelsea's a decent result. Losing to Brighton, Arsenal, 
and City, they're not bad results. The, the score lines are bad, but the results themselves are not. Um, I'd say the home defeat to Wolves is their worst result. They've had they've had a, a, a an under discussed tough start in terms of fixtures, but the way they lost that Wolves game as well, that late goal to Kalasajic, which was entirely of their own making through Neto and Billing, just been very silly. Uh, we'll go with that. Um, best player. Solanke, probably. I think Solanke has played well. Doesn't get a huge amount of support, but I'll, I'll go with Solanke as the best. Uh, worst, it, it's worst slash most disappointing. Um, Lewis Cook, because of that red card, it was just such a stupid thing to do. It was such a stupid thing to do. And it was the primary driver in them losing that game against Wolves. So, Lewis Cook, uh, it's you. Best signing? I'll go Alex Scott. So, he played a handful of games, obviously, but he was really good when he played. And most disappointing is going to be Tyler Adams, just because of the injuries, and he gets hurt again just after signing. So, um We'll go just after sorry, just after coming back. So we'll we'll go with him. Uh Luton Town, best results. I mean, they have won a game, so it has to be that. The two 0 two one win away to Everton. But the draw with Liverpool is probably an even better result. But we'll go with the the two one win away to Luton. Worst result losing two one at home to Burnley. I think that's that's fairly obvious. Um, best player. I'm tempted to say Kaminsky because he's kept them in a couple of games when otherwise they would have been hammered. Kabore's been decent. Alfie Doughty has been pretty good. Barkley's been okay. Carlton Morris has been okay. I think I'll go Alfie Doughty to be honest. I think he's been. I think he's been pretty impressive for them this season. So we'll go Alfie Doughty. Uh, best signing. Oh, sorry. Worst player. I... Oh. Um... I haven't been impressed by Tom Lockyer, I have to say. Now, I know he had the heart issue in the in the playoff final. So I don't I don't want to pick him. I'm going to say Albert Sambi Lakonga and move quickly on. Um, best signing has been Ogbena. He's been he's actually been really good. Although Kaminsky as well, obviously, is there as a new signing. So is Barkley. But I'll go Ogbena. Uh, and worst, uh, pick your poison, really. Um, I'll just go Sambi Lakonga again. Just, uh, just, uh, yeah, just him. Um, Sheffield. Sheffield United. Right. Best performance has to be the win over Wolves. But the draw away to Brighton is a really good result. So we'll go with the Wolves win. Worst is obviously the 8-0 hammering at home by Newcastle. I mean, that's just embarrassing. That's just embarrassing. Best player. 
I think Vinicius Sosa has been their best player. Sousa has been their best player. I do. I think he's been their best player. Worst player. George Baldock, he's just not a Premier League caliber player anymore. He just isn't. He was once upon a time. He's not now. Best signing. I've given Vinicius best player. I'm going to go Gustavo Hammer as best signing just to shake it up a little bit. Most disappointing signing. Probably Benny Triore, but again, it's not anything that he's done badly. He just hasn't played. So, you know, he's played three games. I'm going to go him. Uh, moving on to Everton as we wrap this up. Best results. They've had a couple of good results recently, to, the, to their credit. Remember, they're only second from bottom because of the points deduction. They have won four games and drawn two. They would have 14 if they hadn't cheated for a couple of years. Best result. I'm going to go the 3-1 win away to Brentford, just ahead of the win over our, over West Ham. Worst result is losing at home to Luton, and there's no debate about that. Best player has been Amadou Onana. Worst player has been Ashley Young. Best signing, I'm going to go Jack Harrison. Most disappointing, Arnaud Danjuma. But again, it's not his fault. He's just not getting the game time. And finally then, Burnley, best result. They've only won one game, so it has to be that. It's their win away to Luton. Worst result. This is tough because you look at the games, City, Villa, Spurs, none of them are bad results. The draw away to Forest is a decent result. They lose to United. They lose to Newcastle. They're not bad results. They lose to Chelsea, not a bad result. Lose to Brentford, not a bad result. Lose away to Bournemouth. It's not really a bad result. They're away. Lose at home to Palace. You could say that one. Lose away to Arsenal. That's not a bad result. I'll go with the Bournemouth. You know, I'll go with the Palace home defeat as their worst it's weird. They've only got four points. They've not been good. but That's a fairly murderous start to the season for anybody. Best win away to Luton. Best result away to Luton win. Best or worst result. We'll go home to Crystal Palace. Best player so far. Uh, there's, there hasn't really been anybody that's been particularly great. I think James Trafford has done okay. All things considered. Um, Koliashu. I'll go Koliashu to be fair. Best signing, just to not pick the same person twice. I'll go with. I don't think that. Don't think Daryl Shea's done badly, but I'll go with James Trafford. Uh, worst signing to date. I, I unfortunately, I think it has to be M. Downey. Um. I think he's a good player. I think he's got talent, but he just hasn't performed as expected yet. So we'll go with him. Uh, Right. That's that. We will leave it there, folks. I will be back after this break and we'll wrap up with the gossip. So I'll speak to you after this. Right. Welcome back. So uh, lots of international stuff took place over the weekend, none of which I'm all that arsed with. But we do have one piece of very bad news coming out of Spain's game at the weekend where Gavi has torn his ACL and will require surgery on his right knee. 
He will miss eight to 10 months. It is a complete tear of the ACL. And that is a massive, massive blow for one of the most talented young players in world football. Hopefully, hopefully it's nothing that he can't overcome. We've seen another great young player in Florian Verts tear his ACL and come back and be incredible. So hopefully with Gavi, he can make a similar type of comeback. Uh, in the last couple of hours, this won't... He said Africa side who won the 1995 World Cup died in a car crash uh, in the last day or so. And uh, for someone that love that South Africa team in, in 95 because of because of what they represented as South Africa emerged from apartheid it's you know it's just really bad news that's bad news for everybody obviously when when someone passed away but he's just someone that I was always a, a big fan of um tough as nails and just a proper old school player uh West uh, Everton have announced that they will certainly appeal their sanctions as those sanctions raise more questions. Um, I think Everton might find themselves getting an even bigger punishment if they carry on down this path, to be totally honest. I think the way they're going about this is really poor. This is basically a slap on the wrist. (coughs) 10 points, fair enough. But let's not forget you should have been given these points last season, which would have seen you relegated. Had you been given even a six-point ban, a six-point deduction in either of the last two seasons, you would have been relegated. You've been given a gift here where there are three dreadful teams in the league and you should finish above them all easily, even with the points deduction. You're not bottom of the league. You're not in the negative points. You're two points from safety. So stop crying and get on with it. You should have been relegated for what you did. That's the fact of the matter. You haven't been. You're going to face legal fa- legal um, battles from Burnley and Leicester and Leeds, but you should have been relegated. The simplest that, you cheated to stay in the division. So stop crying, get on with it. Uh, on to the gossip then. Tottenham have dropped their interest in Ivan Tony to pursue a move for Rafinha in January. Uh, this is an exclusive from Steve Kay, who is an enormous spoofer and also an Arsenal fan. So he's hoping they drop their interest. Tony feels he has a debt to repay Brentford and is torn about leaving the club in, ja- in January. Wouldn't believe that story. Manchester United want to talk to Erling Haaland's representatives about a new contract and could try to increase the value of his release clause rather than remove it entirely. Makes sense. Richarlison has been linked to the move to Saudi Arabia, but Spurs are not thinking about selling him. Again, makes sense. I don't know that Saudi's the place for him at all. Uh, Juventus have held talks with Thomas Partey over a potential move. No, they haven't. Newcastle are open to signing Ruben Neves on a permanent deal in January if they are blocked from getting him on loan. Interesting. He, he belongs in Europe, but like, let's be honest. If they sign him, it's the clearest sign that they know Gamerish is leaving. But a Neves-Tanali 
long-term fit is a bit weird as well. Uh, Bayern Munich forward Leroy Sané says he has not thought about his future and wants to focus on this season. He has been linked with Liverpool and Manchester City. Roma boss Jose Mourinho is keen to raid Chelsea and bring Trevor Chalaba and Malang Sar to the club. Chalaba, I can say, to be fair, Malang Sar is not bad, but Chalaba would be a really good signing. I just don't think Roma could afford him. Arsenal, Tottenham and Newcastle are all interested in Genoa and Romania defender Radu Dragazin. A 21-year-old is very, very talented. He was at Juventus for a number of years, or owned by Juventus, but never got opportunities there. Um, I think he has potential to be very, very good. He's been great for Genoa. And Genoa would be open to selling at the right price. They paid about $7 million for him. I think they'd absolutely be open to, to moving him on. Um, because of the finances involved. And they also have uh, Alan Maturo in waiting, who's an enormous talent in his own right. So yeah, I could see, could definitely see Dragas on uh, doing well in the Premier League has the size and the physicality to deal well with the Premier League. Uh, moving on. Ansu Fati wants to return to Barcelona despite his impressive form. I don't believe that story because it's from a garbage Spanish outlet. Real Madrid are hoping to extend Carlo Ancelotti's contract with the club. I, I thought he'd agreed to take over as Brazil manager. Uh, Steve Parrish has heaped praise on Dougie Friedman, but has said there are no talks at Manchester United over a potential departure. I have a feeling they wouldn't be too sad to see Friedman go if they got a significant ball of money for him. Atalanta's head of senior recruitment, Lee Conjurton, is one of the names being considered by Sir Jim Ratcliffe. He's awful. Genuinely awful. Fulham are plotting a January move for Antonio Nusa of Club Bruges. 18-year-old Norwegian winger, very, very talented, would make a lot of sense for them because they could do it getting some fresh blood in. Uh, David De Gea has turned down a potential 500,000 a week deal to be reunited with Cristiano at Al-Nazir. It's really odd to me, really odd to me, that David De Gea does not have a club. There are many worse goalkeepers than David De Gea currently playing for top clubs. Into Miami are one of the clubs offering De Gea a chance to resume his career as he remains without a club following the, his departure from Manchester United. Um, I mean, I could see the, the logic in going there, but he, he can play in Europe's top five leagues. He should be playing in Europe's top five leagues. West Ham have joined Newcastle in the race for Calvin Phillips. He's been linked there a bunch. Phillips and, and Alvarez would be a, a good, strong pairing with Kudus, Paqueta, and whoever in that third attacking spot. Fulham are likely to pursue other options before considering a move for Timo Werner. Okay. Luka Modric has decided to move to the Saudi Pro League when his contract at Real ends next summer. We'll wait and see if that's true. Newcastle are weighing up a move for Serhu Garassi of Stuttgart. He's playing well at the moment. West Ham are set to revive their interest in Dominic Solanke. He would fit well there. He would fit well there. They want someone as a nine who's a facilitator. Because if they've got Bowen and Kudus, for example, as the wide options, you want someone that's going to get their own goals, but also help create for them. 
Dominic Solanke would fit well. Uh, Ian Matson says he's keeping his options open, but the club could look to sell the Dutchman in January if he does not sign a contract extension. Well, they'd have to because he's had a contract next summer. Tottenham, Aston Villa, Newcastle, Brighton, Brentford and West Ham are all clubs monitoring Motherwell's 17-year-old Scottish midfielder, Lennon Miller. Um, I did see him play recently, and he does look does look like someone that might have a very bright future ahead of him. Um, he's played, I think, 11 games this season in the league for Motherwell. He's pretty much established himself as, as first choice. His brother is Lee Miller, who's long-time Scottish League player. Definitely a very, very talented player. And potentially the next big sale from Motherwell after David Turnbull a couple of years ago. Uh, moving on, Tottenham are also keeping a close eye on Job Bellingham, younger brother of Jude. Again, playing very well for Sunderland, lots of talent. Has, has exceeded my expectations this season based on what I saw of him last year at Birmingham. Tottenham forward Alessio Velez is a target for Bologna with the 20-year-old having failed to force his way into Ange Postacoglu's plans. He's been there two months. Leave the boy alone. Manchester United have hired a Los Angeles-based agency to help them recruit for a new emerging talent scout role. Well, that's just fucking bizarre. Everton face being forced into administration and another nine-point penalty if rival clubs are successful with the compensation claims against them. Now, maybe I'm wrong, but I'm almost certain administration is an automatic 12-point deduction. So that would be big trouble forever. That would be big, big trouble forever. Gareth Southgate says he will be able to take fewer gambles over the fitness of players when he selects his squad for Euro 2024. Obviously, he took multiple players to the World Cup who weren't fit, and it backfired on him, uh, Calvin Phillips being the most notable of those. Uh, Manchester United are willing to triple the wages of Antoine Griezmann in a bid to sign the French forward in January. I'm almost certain Antoine Griezmann's on about 250 grand a week. Now, he's playing tremendous football. This might be the best version of Griezmann, but he's 32 years of age. You're going to give him 750 grand a week on like a four-year contract? No, that's just nonsense. Uh, Tottenham could be open. Sorry, Juventus could be open to selling Samuel Illing Jr., who's been a target for Tottenham. Fair enough. Aston Villa are exploring a potential January move for Athletic Bilbao's Ghanaian forward Inaki Williams. I hope Inaki Williams just stays where he is for the rest of his career. He's never quite become the player he should have been because he stayed there too long. At this point, I just want him to stay there. Portugal forward, he's not a forward, he's a midfielder. Bruno Fernandes has reaffirmed his commitment to Manchester United despite rumours linking him with Saudi Arabia. He's the club captain, he's not going to leave. Tottenham and Chelsea hold ongoing interest in Fulham target Antonio Nusa. The 18-year-old forward has been impressing um, at Club Rouge. He's a winger, not a forward, but you know. Uh, that story is from Peter Rourke, so spoofing. Um, Newcastle could come back in for Paris Saint-Germain's French striker Hugo Ekatigi. When the Saudis first took over, he was one of the first players they targeted. I don't know how he would work with Isak, but they could probably do it in a little bit of depth up front. I, I think that's a bad move for him. 
Brentford would be the ideal move for him to replace Tony. Barcelona will make a move to sign Martin Zubamendi next summer. Will they? And what money will they use to spend or to buy him? Because they have none. They have less than none, in fact. They're many hundreds of million in debt and under very strict rules, uh, oversight from the La Liga. Roma are, did I say the La Liga? It's La Liga. Uh, Roma are considering offers for Chris Smalling. Okay. AC Milan will try to boost their attacking options and could make a move for Jonathan David in January. That would be interesting. I'd like to see him in that team with Leao, with Pulisic. I think that could be fun. Barcelona and Real Madrid are considering a move for Leroy Sané. Are they, though? I, I, I think both clubs have other priorities, and they're pretty strong in the wide areas anyway. Real Madrid are currently considering signing a forward permanently or on loan after Vinicius Jr. was injured. Well, what's his injury? How long does he expect to be out for? Um, thigh injury. I don't know how long he's expected to be out for. So this says it's a hamstring tendon. A tear in the femoral biceps with involvement of the distal tendon in his left leg. That doesn't sound good. This says around 10 weeks he could be out for, which means they're not going to sign someone in January if he's coming back in late February. So that's nonsense. Uh, Barcelona could receive up to $5 million in compensation after Gavi was injured playing for Spain. The Premier League's so-called Big Six have been told to pay more money towards the rescue package for English football pyramid uh, for the English football pyramid after Everton were given a 10-point deduction. Why should they? Like, why should they? I, I don't mind them sending more money down the divisions. I think that's absolutely fair. Like, the big six can more than afford, and, and Newcastle and Villa and a bunch of them can afford to send much more money down the pyramid. League two, league three, non-league, all Sunday league, all the rest, all of that is fair. But they shouldn't be asked to give more money than the other Premier League teams just because they earn more money through their own commercial deals because they all get the same TV money. They all have their own opportunities to go out and earn their own money. So, like, maybe you can make an argument for some of the newer Premier League clubs who've only got a couple of years under their belt. But a club like Everton, who've been in the Premier League since its, in, since its inception, they should have to pay exactly the same amount as Liverpool, United, Arsenal, etc., etc. Uh, that's it, folks. That's all I have for today. I will see you all tomorrow. Take care of yourselves. Bye-bye. Podcast Network.